Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. We are so excited today. This has turned out to be one of my favorite unforeseen treats of doing this podcast. Agreed. I never, when we started, never thought, oh, we'll interview authors. No, never something we discussed. It's it's grown since the beginning into this and such a treat. I love love it. it. Yeah, it's so great. And that's what we have for you today. It's a fifth Monday. So we can kind of do whatever we want on a fifth Monday. I love to do what I want. I know. And so we have author Natalie Palmer with us today. She actually is a friend of mine. I can claim her friendship. I love it. I know. And Makes you cool. You know one author. You cool, know more than actually. one author. I'm surrounded by I've got great one people. under my belt. That's pretty but good. But only one. You've got two? Two. You're cooler than me. I know. It's hard. <laughs> but she's pretty awesome. I went to high school with Natalie. And she's so much fun. Like we we had a lot of fun back then and now she's this amazing author and she has a family and it's so fun to visit with her. But let me give you her bio, just introduce you to her a little bit. Um, Natalie has lived in Mapleton, Utah for about four years. Before Mapleton, she and her family bounced around the country for her husband's medical school, residency and fellowship, which resulted in them having four kids in four different states. Crazy. I, <laughs> I know. I love that. Natalie loved raising her kids in different places where they could learn the and appreciate new traditions with new friends, but she is happy to be back in her home state of Utah. Natalie grew up in Cottonwood Heights, just south of Salt Lake, and went to Brighton High School, where she met and adored me, Sarah Henry. That was my maiden name. A.K.A. Sarah Diedrich. Sarah Diedrich. I'm glad that she remembers me. <laughs> she has always loved to write and kept a daily journal through years of her... through the, years of her teen drama, which greatly helped with her storylines. When she's not writing, she loves spending time with her husband and kids, going on bike rides, water and snow skiing, and playing basketball every Wednesday with her fellow old lady friends, which I love Love that so much. I love that. I know. So let's bring her on. All right. Thanks for coming, Natalie. Thanks for having me. We are so excited to talk to you today. Yes, this is another author interview, one of our favorite things to do. I know. We Find have out questions. The history. I, know, I was just telling Natalie when we were talking about doing this interview and everything, how much I enjoyed her. I've read her fir- first two of the three and I passed them on to my nieces. So like it's gone around my family. I have a lot of nieces and nephews that are like older than my kids. Uh, well, thanks for spreading the word. Yeah, No, it's made the rounds goes from awesome. one to the next. I haven't read them yet, but they're on my to be read list that unfortunately just keeps growing. But <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I'm moving it to the top. Yeah. So fun. So, so it's a trilogy. You have three yeah. books out. Yep. And you wrote the first one a while ago. Right? Yes. Yeah. So I actually, <laughs> I felt really kind of dumb about this. Actually, it weighed on me for years. I I always wanted to write books someday when my kids were older. That's what I always said. That's my goal. Someday when my kids are older. And I had a teacher in college who said, why are you waiting? Like, just do it now. Like, ah, that's a good point. So I started, I was pregnant with my first kid. And that's when I started the first book. Okay. And it was a good experience. And I started the second one kind of like right away. And I was so excited about it. And by the time... The second book was published. I was just about, I think I was pregnant with my third kid. And by that point, like it just fell wayside. Like (laughs) my publisher that I was using, I actually didn't like them very much for the second book because they changed management and then they actually closed. And so I kind of had this perfect opportunity for a break for myself. Ah. So busy with kids. And I thought, well, I'll just do the third one on my own and I'll figure that out eventually. Well, eventually turned into like six years later. I mean, it was a long time of, and every once in a while I get emails from people going, what is the story? Because this second one does end on quite a cliffhanger, which was also probably not the nicest thing to do. But (laughs) (laughs) But I just like, at the time I couldn't be bothered. I was so overwhelmed that I'm like, people, I'm sorry that you're going to have to wait, but you're going to have to wait. I just have these kids I have to take care of. And they're my number one right now. My husband was, he did med school. So he wasn't around for, 
you know, a lot of the time. And so I just had to be 100% present. So it took me a while, but then when things started settling down, we had finally built our house back here in Utah that I was able to kind of sit down and get it done. So nice. felt good. <laughs> well, and it's been published and released. Yep. yep. Right. Just recently, I think. Um, it was last October. I oh, was it? Okay. So it's been about six months now. Been a little bit. Pretty recent. Yeah. Um, so your first, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about riding with babies. Number one, that yeah. seems impossible. I don't know how you found time, like nap time. Uh, nap time a little. My first did not take very good naps. So at night, my husband actually would come home from med school. We'd have dinner and then he would take the baby and have time putting him to bed. So starting about seven o'clock, I would, and then my husband would go study after that. So from seven to about 11 o'clock every night, I had a solid four hours or so to just sit and do it, which was, that is a lot of time. Like that's a good chunk of time. And that's the time in the day of a mom. Yeah. Seven o'clock was when I was done. Like being a mom, come home, (laughs) take the baby or the baby goes to bed. My kids had early bedtimes for that reason was because I needed a break. Mm-hmm. And so seven, seven thirty was bedtime. And if it got past that, I wasn't such a nice mom, but um, I spent my time after that watching ER. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I spent every day for four hours writing. I definitely had my TV nights where it's like, I don't want to write tonight. Yeah. 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 It was but, your time. You used yeah. it as you needed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Perfect. Well, and then when you published that first book, you had the fun experience. Didn't you get to go and do like book signings? Did you go to different places? A you- little bit. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. And it, I mean, it's a growing experience. The whole thing. I mean, some of them were really fun and it was fun to have, you know, meet new people and have like friends and family come. I lived. Okay. So here's the issue. So with my husband's schooling, we lived all over the place. So when I first published that first book, we had just moved to Cleveland, Ohio of all places in the world. It was kind of this random last minute move. We knew nobody. So the publisher that I was working with was really big on book signings and they're like, invite everybody that you know to come to this book signing. And I'm like, I don't know anybody. (laughs) I truly don't know. So I had a really supporting supportive ward. You know, I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So that kind of helped you kind of naturally have people in your church who will come and support you. But there were definitely not glorified moments where you're sitting there going, I feel so stupid just sitting here. And it would be hard. Like you're putting yourself out there and, you know, trying yeah. to promote a book that nobody knows about yet. And exactly that would take a lot of courage. Yes. Hopefully <laughs> someone shows up or what if no one does? What if? Yeah. 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 And you're sitting there. Everyone's at the table. staring at you. I'm sure. I, I can't even imagine. Awesome. I mean, you did that. That's awesome. I did. It was fun. It was a growing experience. It stretched me for sure. I think probably the best experience I had, I did one at one of those um, vendor fairs. Me and my friend, she was selling something and we shared a table and we decided it. And that was fun because I had a friend with me yeah, selling something completely different. And I was more relaxed in that atmosphere. I wasn't just sitting at a coffee table by myself. <laughs> yes. That was fun. That was enjoyable. And there were a lot of people coming through, like with the intent to look and see what they wanted to buy. You know, at a coffee shop, people are like, we're just here to sit by ourselves and drink coffee. And we don't care about what you're doing. You're just awkward over there. (laughs) Those were, those were long hours of sitting at those tables sometimes, but the vendor fairs were a more positive experience. (laughs) I love those fairs. Yeah. And it's rare for me to walk away without buying something. And if a book was there... I think you'd for sure have me a book. I've even thought sometimes like I need to do like a used book booth at a vendor fair because, and then Natalie can come and that's a good idea. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cause that's where my kids would go. That's where I would go. Right. There's only so many crafts you can buy. Uh (laughs) Well, and I never, I really have a hard time walking away from a book. Like how, if Uh there is a book available, how do I not? buy that. Right. That's brilliant. I love that you did that. Very cool. And so did you do that with your second book too, or just the first book? 
Um, I did a little bit with my second book. We lived in Arizona by that time. And like I said, they had a change of management. I think the guy who owned it sold it to his son. And the whole experience was a bit of a letdown. The first time was amazing. I loved it. I loved everybody who I worked with. I loved my editor. Um, But yeah, you could tell they were on their way downhill a little bit. And so, and like I said, I was on to baby number three. And so I just probably didn't have it in me quite as much to do it. And so that's why it fell by the wayside a little bit. I was really excited to, so I actually, when I did my third book recently, it, part of the reason it took so long, I mean, I was waking up at 5.30, 6 in the morning just to get hours in before my kids would wake up because I went through and re-polished, I'll say, like the first two books. Just, mm-hmm. you know, I had grown as an author in a decade. Sure. Yeah. This kind of drove me crazy about the first two books. So I tried to be you know, loyal to the storyline. And I try not to change that too much, but I just, I shaped it a little bit more to be the product of who I am today. And so then I was able to have the covers that I wanted. So it was so fun self-publishing. So I will put a plug in for self-publishing because I actually enjoyed it a hundred times more than working with the publisher, even though I needed that at the time. And that first experience was really good. And I loved my editor and she helped me a lot, but being able to have complete control over what your cover looks like, you know, sometimes they just give you an option here, pick from these two. And if you hate it, you get one more option and that's it. You have to go with it. And I always hated my second cover. So there's just all those like kind of learning experiences that I'm always happy to share with people, but everybody's going to have different, different experiences with it. So, right. That is so having the say of everything you wanted. So you hired your own book cover artist. You hired your own. I editor. actually did it all my own. All you did it? Own. I wow. did. Wow. That is so cool. I have my sister's an English major. I've always looked up to her. She's quite a bit older than me. So I actually had her read them, even though that genre is the exact opposite of what she enjoys. She's more fantasy. She doesn't care. She doesn't like romance or love stories. So she was really nice to- kind of plug through and read it for me. But so that helped. I actually did a lot better um, getting uh, the word is failing me, you know, people to read. What are that? What is that called? When you have people read your book? Um, isn't that your editor? Your uh, no, just like readers. What, what did you say? Proofreaders. Proofreader. Well, there's another, there's another it, word. <laughs> there's a word that's escaping my brain. But anyway, I had a, like tons of people. I think I had more confidence in it. So I just asked random people, random friends, hey, do you want to read this? And like for most of them, I think I thanked them with like a gift card or something, but it wasn't like I was spending a lot of money on it. They actually wanted to read it. They're like, yeah, let me read your proof. So I got that book out to like probably at least six, seven, eight people. And some of them passed it on to others. And then they would send back kind of little proofreading thing, you know, and the book is always still going to have errors. I mean, it drives me crazy to be like, ah, how did I find it afterwards? (laughs) (laughs) This went through so many hands, but so I had a lot of people helping me in that way, but I never spent a dime on an actual editor just because I don't know. I liked having control over it. Call me a control freak, but I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And so so you did that, that all yourself and kind of sourced it to friends and family and yep. And then for the so cover, cool. the cover, I just read a lot. I looked up stuff, what people were doing and I bought a membership or whatever to shutter Shutterstock. And I found pictures that were perfect for me. Like I looked and searched and searched through millions of pictures mm-hmm. and found the ones that were perfect for me. And I made sure like, I'm like, can I use these on a book cover? And I read their copyrights and it's like, yep, that's what these are for. So I thought if somebody else can do it, I can do this. Like I can do this stuff. So it was really, really fun. I love that. That is so cool. That is very different than any of the other authors we've talked to, which makes this so fun for us because every author has their own journey on how this works. And so it's never the same interview. Never. Very different. And like to think like sometimes it feels impossible to do something like what you've done, right? Like to write a story, to have it edited, to publish it, to find the cover. I mean, all the little details and to hear that you took it from nothing to the end and you did it all on your own. And it just sounds like you had so much fun. 
It was. He's able to do that. I mean, it makes me sit here and go like, like people who want to do it need to just do it. Yeah, you right? can do like, it, Sarah. You no, can I do should it. do it. You can do it. Do I it. What am I waiting for? <laughs> so cool. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. So tell me a little bit about your family. You said you had four kids in four states. Yep. I had, so I had my first son here in Utah before we moved um, out to Iowa. My husband did medical school in Iowa. Then he did, so the schooling there, anyway, for the third and fourth year, we kind of, you go somewhere else for rotation. So that's why we went to Cleveland and we had a baby in Ohio. Then we went to Arizona for residency, had a baby there. And then we thought we'd stick around in Arizona or Utah, but my husband actually got a fellowship at Harvard, which like, you don't give that up. So we went back to Boston and had another baby there. So <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I love that every place, just another memory as a yep. child. <laughs> I know we like remember our past based off of what house were we living in? How many kids did we have? Okay. That's okay. where that happened. That, it's kind of easy that, that, <laughs> to yeah, remember. Yeah. I have to give a shout out to Ohio because just recently we have gotten tons of followers from Ohio and oh, really? you can't track what it is that set it off, but they are number two in the United States as followers no for us. And neither of us know anyone in Ohio. So our <laughs> listeners in Ohio, Ohio, thanks for representing. So <laughs> exciting. No, Ohio. Awesome. You know, brought you an author that's yeah. lived there. Connection. <laughs> <laughs> My time in Ohio is actually really pleasant. I look at that time as a really calm and I don't know why it was just a, it was a good, pleasant, good people. Awesome. That is so great. great. So when you're writing your stories, I don't know that we even mentioned this. They're like young adult, right? Like a little bit of romance. Like I never grew up. I was sad to leave high school and I couldn't let it go, I guess. (laughs) I love it. The glory years, right? I mean, there's just, I think it's hard to find like a good story with a great storyline, but you don't have to worry about like what your kids are reading, you know, like it's just, it's safe and good and it's, and it still like keeps your attention. Anyway, I thought it was so such a fun story. And I was going to ask, like, how did you come up with your storylines? Um, so my first book was actually a lot of personal experiences turned fictional. Um, I don't know if you remember me or remember this about me, Sarah. Sarah and I went to high school together. She was awesome. I just loved you. Seriously. I have the same. Just like talking to you, Sarah, like Sarah could start some new phrase and like pretty soon everybody was saying that phrase, like, and she was the first person I heard it from. Like, it was just crazy. <laughs> awesome. So I loved it. But yeah. um, I had, I kept a journal like quite regularly and I was just like one embarrassing moment after another. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I could not just like maintain a normal place in life. So I, I guess I must have heard in one of my writing classes, like, write what you know, you know, you're going to be better if you write what you know. And so instead of making up some fictional character who was like, I don't know, a trapeze artist or something like <laughs> that, I didn't know anything about. That was crazy. Yeah, she was just like a very common girl in high school. And well, she starts in junior high, even like ninth grade, that's high school in some places. But like, just an example of who I was. I mean, I was a, I went at high school graduation. I remember being surrounded by everybody with like all of their, I don't even know what they're called because I never had them, but you guys were all covered in like ropes. All the extra ropes and honors. Like, and honor things. I, I was any of honor, those. Like I was not an honorable student. <laughs> I was at school to like get by and I liked my friends and I just was not apparently a high achieving scholar. So to me, that's kind of who I wanted my main character to be just somebody who was like kind of a nobody and just kind of felt like I felt. And I don't know, that's who she was. (laughs) I loved it so much. And honestly, like I, I feel like, which is so funny that you say it was such a personal thing. I don't, when I read the book, I felt like, who is this person? Like, this is, I think I expected to read you 
And I didn't feel like I was. I felt like it was this whole other person. Maybe she's the person like I wanted to be or something. I don't know. That's interesting. (laughs) Or how you see yourself is often so different than how others view you. That's true. Yeah, I think that's true too. I just, yeah, it's so fun to hear and read those stories. I think too, it's like now that I'm older, I forget. Like, I, I mean, I remember high school, but I forget how strong and real those feelings are. So like to be able to put yourself there and create those scenarios and the situations that she's in that feel very real. Like, I I don't think I could pull that out of my mind now that I'm past it. Do you know what I mean? Were you rereading your journals as you were writing this for scenarios or could you just kind of remembered because you had written them? I think I, for the most part, remembered because I had written them. I have at times in my life kind of gone through and flipped through them before to refresh my memory, but I I wasn't specifically, I didn't have the journals out while I was writing. They're kind of in my head, but tell you, I mean, I was a little bit more careful with books two and three because I didn't think anybody was going to read the first book. And so, (laughs) so I put these stories in there and then suddenly like you know I I tried getting the word out I kind of put stuff on Facebook and I'm getting comments from all these people from high school I haven't talked to in years saying I bought your book I bought your book and I'm like oh no that's a vulnerable (laughs) feeling Oh, I was writing emails to people going, okay, I fictionalize this. Like, I know that you'll probably see yourself in this, you know, like I, I anyway, I, I felt a little embarrassed. I mean, no way. Opening I would my be journal. like, dude, I'm in a book. I would like give it to all my friends. And some people, you know, they may not remember, but I just didn't feel like I did a good enough job of like, I was just kind of having fun with it. So some of the names maybe sound a little too similar to to who they actually were just because I was just having fun. It was just this fun thing. And then I wrote, I'm like, well, I'll see if it goes anywhere. And anyway, so I was, I still, I wanted to keep to that in my next books, but I was a little bit more careful about making it not so obvious about (laughs) just in case. Well, you know what? I'm sure that gave you a little bit of like freedom that you didn't worry about who is going to read it or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm sure that that did just add more pressure, right. To have to work, to have to be more conscientious. But I think the interesting thing is that when I would read, as I started, you know, as years passed, when I would read book one, I would cringe at a lot. Like a lot of it kind of like, Oh, I wish I would have changed that more. I wish I would have known more. But still, there are so many people who tell me book one is like always my favorite, which I think that's natural. I think we tend to like the first book when the boy and girl are still, you know, building up to that romance. But I wonder sometimes if it's because it was so pure and like unadulterated, like it was just this is actually what happened. Like, here it is. And of course, I didn't have exactly that experience. I would take moments that it happened with like different boys and kind of put it into a storyline with maybe the same boy or what, but yeah, I'm kind of boy crazy. So I have a lot of stories. <laughs> I think that's natural. That's high school. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. But um, it was all in my head. I never actually like did anything. It was just in my head. <laughs> my crushes. I was one of those. <laughs> well, I think that that also is the way it is yeah. for all of us in high school. Like We're we all create these you know, and it's dream all scenarios. just us, our own, we are the world in our heads and Absolutely. it's all perfect there. I think that's why it's so relatable in your books because we all <laughs> feel that way and we all want the same thing and we all, you know, yeah. it's funny how that all goes. So comparing each book, how long did it take you to write book one, book two, book three, like from start to publish, publish. So the first 10 pages of book one probably took me like a year. (laughs) The first 10 pages were the hardest. I'm literally like crawling through quicksand. It was so hard. Once I got 10 pages and I felt like, hey, I'm going somewhere with this. Then I was able to start cruising through. Um, I'm kind of known for getting like to page 50 or 60 and deciding I hate the last 30 pages and I just delete them and start back. Mm. So 
it's hard to know, but I would say by the time I got those 10 pages and I had it all published and out there, probably two years. Okay. Took me a while. Took me a while. But again, it was a hobby. It was like a side thing, right? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would go anywhere. But um, book two, I was so excited. And that's when we lived in Cleveland and things were really calm. I just didn't have a busy life. It was very, which would be so nice. It sounds so nice right now. <laughs> Let's all go to Cleveland. Yeah, I know. It was just that time of life, I guess. But I was able to write a lot more and I was so excited. And then I already had the story started and it just flowed like crazy. And so I would say that felt a lot quicker. But again, it was probably still another year, year and a half because it takes by the time you start working with the publisher, when you have your final proof, it's a good eight months before it's from there out there. Cause you have so many back and forth, like, okay, you have three weeks to get this back to us. Okay. We have a month or whatever, you know, okay. Go while. Um, and then book three, like I said, there was a hiatus and I was kind of, I would sit down with it every once in a while and it would just drive me crazy. Cause I felt like I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. And by that point, it just felt really hard to continue a story of two people who you still want them to end up together but you don't want it to be boring because you don't have that buildup, you know? I, and so I think I struggled with that a lot and it's actually really funny. This is maybe too personal, but <laughs> about a year ago, well, it's been a couple of years coming. My husband happens to be a child psychiatrist. That's what he ended up doing for medical school. So we've been, we, he works a lot with mental illness and stuff and not just illness, but you know, we all have our little things, but it's been a while where I've started recognizing through conversations that I have ADHD and that really fit for like a lot of patterns that I saw back in school. A lot of times boys are recognized because they're super hyper. And for girls, we just kind of have a hard time focusing and getting things done. And so um, I actually got on some medication for it, which was a big journey in and of itself to decide to do that. But it was like a year ago. So it was like last May, 2020, when I got on this medication and I do not think it's a coincidence that I published my book like four months later. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It helped me focus long enough to just get it done. And which was something that was really, really hard before that. So anyway, I like, think that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. People need to hear that because my son has ADHD and um, very he's not a hyperactive kid. And so it's executive function, which was harder to diagnose and was a later diagnosis. But then I, three years ago, was diagnosed as an adult as well with ADHD. Same exact thing. Mine was focused and I was an okay student. But now as an adult, I'm like, I was definitely functioning below my potential as a student because of the ADHD, because I wasn't able to follow through and finish and turn things in and organize myself. So very similar. And as an adult, there's a, it's a, I felt like a lot of emotion went into the diagnosis and deciding to take medication for it because I've already learned how to function. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm an adult, what's this going to change up? So I think the conversation is important and I'm, I love that you brought that up. The more open I am and the more, because sometimes it is something you don't, you don't want to share with a million people that you're on medication. You don't know how people will feel about it. Um, you're kind of embarrassed to say you have ADHD a little bit. You sound like a wild eight-year-old kid throwing chalk around the classroom or something. <laughs> but, and it was n- something I never even considered until just the, my husband's not the type to say, my husband's an amazing psychiatrist. He really is, but he's not the type to be like, I diagnose you as this. He is so good at just having conversations and he knew for a long time before I knew, but he just kind of helps me like recognize it myself. Oh, maybe you should read this book. Or, you know, he'd ask me questions that would kind of help me think about. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing, like my favorite description that he said, because my the hard thing for me was with my kids. I wanted so badly to be able to sit down and just do something with them, like do a craft with them. And the idea of it was so overwhelming, like it made it hard to breathe. Like, that's weird. That's weird that I want to do this, but I can't do this. 
And um, anyway, he would describe it as you are, it's like you're standing in front of a fire hydrant and the water is just spraying in your face and you just can't, like, it's just so hard for you. And that's exactly how I would describe it. It it was such a good, I was like, yes, yes, yes. That's how I feel. So as soon as I started the medication, I was like, is this an antidepressant? Cause I didn't even think I was depressed, but I feel so happy now. And he's like, well, you're able to take drinks from each fountain as they come like they're good and they're cleansing and they taste good and you're able to enjoy that moment in that moment it's just like how our brains work or something right. so you're not being pummeled with a gush of water yeah, exactly that you can't get it wonderful it's awesome that is such a good description i have not heard that before and i love that i noticed you have another book a chill a picture book yeah i do <laughs> did you do the illustrations I did not nope um so that was just this random last minute thing so I um well it's a really long story but basically I had this kind of little poem about COVID Christmas I got the idea from another friend and I kind of threw it together and it kind of fell apart we weren't doing anything with it and a family member read it and they're like, you have got to do something with this right now. I mean, this is like the last chance you have. This was right before Christmas. I mean, right before Thanksgiving. And they're like, we know this girl who's always wanted to illustrate a children's book. And they kind of threw this thing in my lap. And I was like, I'm trying to publish this other book right now. So <laughs> like, this is not going to happen, but they were very insistent and supportive. And I like, well, okay, fine. It's just short, you know, it's not a long thing. So I got together with this other girl and I didn't think that she'd be able to throw pictures together for a whole children's book in a few weeks. And she worked night and day. She had like five kids herself. So wow. I don't know it's ever going to happen. But she worked so hard on it and gave me all these pictures. I was like, well, I got to do something with this. This poor girl just worked so hard. So we, it was very rushed. We put it out right after Thanksgiving and it was super fun. But I I have an interest in writing children's books and I want to do that someday. But I would definitely not recommend doing it in three weeks. (laughs) It was a rushed thing for sure. But it was fun. It was a good experience. But again, just self-published. Amazon is awesome. So yeah. it is very timely. Well, it was timely. And one of those things it was, who knew this year was going to be so crazy. It right. made a Christmas book. Yeah. <laughs> so it's called a COVID, a very COVID Christmas or a COVID. Um, I, it's actually called how COVID stole Christmas. Oh, how COVID how stole Christmas. The Grinch and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, that's oh. a fun one. <laughs> very timely and memorable yeah. for. Even though it is, it w- it probably was very good to come out this past year, I do think it's something we're never going to forget Yeah, and probably be so funny to be reminded for years to come. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I've had people, I thought it would stop selling, you know, as soon as Christmas was over and sales had, I mean, it was actually like sold quite well. It was like a top seller in some area for a little while, which was surprising and awesome. And it was really fun, but people even after Christmas have bought it because I think they just want to have that momento, like something to remember exactly that's exactly right yeah like stupid year (laughs) (laughs) we're glad that it's hope hopefully coming there right a stupid year but you released two books amazing (laughs) there you go good year for you some people stayed on their couch all year and did nothing you released two books so we applaud you you win you win. <laughs> you win COVID year. Something we do with our authors every time we have one on is we want to know what you're reading. What's on your shelf? Well, I'm. A... <laughs> I wish I wish I had this like super intellectual answer. Right now, I'm really into reading history books about my church, so it doesn't sound like super awesome. Um, hey, I, you know, I like it. I, I've, yeah, I don't know if you really care about hearing those, but, um, I would say like really the, the most recent 
book that I read that really inspired my writing. I love Jenny Han. And it's so funny because I feel like I loved her before she got famous with her movies. And I'm like, I liked her a long time ago, but she, <laughs> I'm claiming that, that I liked her before the movies, but she, um, I don't know if you guys have read much of Jenny Han. Have you read her? Do you know what I'm talking about with her movies that are I out? I don't know if I have. Have you? She, I like want to look her up right now. She wrote the books for um, To All the Boys I've Lo- Ever Loved. Before. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. So they're popular on Netflix, Netflix, at least for me. Yeah. I loved them. I think even the movies were cute. So, which is kind of a big score for them because usually you kind of hate the movie if you love the books. But right. um, yeah, I love I loved the movie and the books. I, yeah. I've read the first book. I thought the movie followed it very well and they did yeah. a good job with it but I yeah. haven't read her the other one and I, I have a 14 year old and she reads them and we watch the movies together really oh, fun it is yeah, so fun. fun I love when that happens anyway yeah. I do I just forgot that she was the author so which yeah was. I have her like I buy her books just because I turn to her for inspiration which is so funny but I love her style I love the way she can tell you what's going on in like three words or less like this <laughs> she's just a, like a minimalist of words she doesn't feel like she has to do a huge paragraph to tell you that the girl got ready for school and went out and saw the boy she likes like it's like in one sentence all of that and I just love that and so um I've just I feel like I've learned a lot from her in writing I really admire her that's awesome so, so who would be your top authors like if there's an author Jenny Han. Jenny Han. Are there, are there yeah. other ones that you're like, whenever you see them release a book, you're like, oh, I've got to get that. I want to read that. Uh, well, like I told you earlier, I am not very good at doing that, especially like fiction reading. I know that I should even feel like I'm reading that for my job, but it's just my husband. You and I, right. Early on when we were first married, if I get into a book, this is probably part of my ADHD thing, but if I get into a book, I can hyper-focus so strong on that book that he cannot pull me away to save his life. And so it's kind of been a give or take thing a little bit of like, okay, I'm going to try to not get so hyper-focused, especially when the kids are like trashing the house. So I purposely don't read as much as I would like to, but I'll tell you like, This is, again, so weird, so random. But in high school, we were supposed to read, Sarah, you probably remember this, a separate piece by John Knowles. Do you remember that book? It's kind of like, anyway. I don't. read it. I didn't read it because I didn't read in high school because I couldn't focus long enough, I guess. I don't know. If I wasn't interested in it, I wouldn't read it. But I read it later for fun, for whatever reason. And it was like my favorite book. I love it. Which one is it? It's called A Separate Piece by John Knowles. And that is probably one of my, I, I always say that's the book that inspired me to want to write. I loved okay. random high school literature book. Well, <laughs> I want to look it up now because it sounds familiar, but I, it's nothing's coming. I'm not. Yeah, so anything. I've looked up other books for, for him. I'm like, what else is he putting out there? <laughs> he may not be alive anymore. I mean, it was pretty, I think he put out one other one. That I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. My answer is so lame and boring. I'm not, I am not very up or on top of like new authors and everything that's coming in. I'm not good at, I'm not good at that stuff. I'm kind of in my own world and in my own bubble. So I need to do better. So I'm going to listen to your podcast more and find out who's it by. Who's the separate piece by John Knowles. John Knowles. You've said that like five times. It's K N O W L E S O W. Um, what I remember from high school, I read a lot of books in high school, but I never read what was assigned to me. <laughs> I read whatever book I wanted to read. Nicholas Sparks. Yes, she a lot of Nicholas, Nicholas Sparks. Sparks. We're in my library school. now and I've got like, they're all lined up up there. Oh, oh sorry. That was my chair. I'm alive. It's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, but I remember, and I don't know if you were there. You could have been there. Like, I read The Notebook by Nicholas Sparks, which was really risque for yeah, my like 11th grade self. And I remember like reading those moments, like the romance scenes out loud in the car on the way to lunch. So I'm like giving everyone their dose of like, making. <laughs> they, they maybe even felt each other up. And I read that out loud to everyone. Well, maybe you saved all those people from doing it in real life. 
I do remember doing that, but I don't remember ever reading things I was supposed to. Like I remember always like skimming or like reading the last chapter of the assigned novel enough that I could like write a quick thing. Yeah. And we succeeded at that, Sarah. That's the problem is like our teachers gave us good grades for Yes, they did. So we why why would I read the whole book? Exactly. (laughs) It was fine. I remember reading in high school um The Great Gatsby, um, For Whom the Bell Tolls, The Scarlet Letter. And so uh I am now like I I'm in the middle of the Great Gatsby right now, and I'm trying to put together my brain from high school that read it. And my adult brain that's reading it and deciding what did I think the story was back then? Because it is not what I thought it was. Interesting. Very different. And I, not that I didn't like them back then. I, I remember liking the books and having discussions about them. And now I'm like, I didn't know what I was discussing because I I did like the great Gatsby and so I'll have to read that one again because that's what I actually liked. But again, I never finished it because it was hard for me to finish anything. So I'll have to go and finish it this time. <laughs> so different from an adult brain that knows a little bit more about that era now Life. than I did at the time. Anyway, so yeah. just interesting when we do that, when we think about, you know, what we read back then, what we read back then, whether we finished it or not, whether we BSed our way through it, because I definitely did that with some of them. And <laughs> now it's, yeah. I know. Is that what school taught me was just how to be a really good BSer? I think that's a big part of it. Don't I, tell my children that. No, yeah, do well, tell don't. That's a huge skill in life. It is a good BS skill. BSer. <laughs> that's how you get jobs. That's how you sell your book to an author. That's how you do a publisher. You've got to BS a lot. So it's right? a good skill. It is true. I didn't realize I was so successful. You're very you are. You're skilled. <laughs> That's awesome. Where can people find out more about you and your books? So I have a Facebook page and I have an Instagram page and I have a website, um, nataliepalmerbooks.com. So, okay. That's where any of those platforms. And your books are on Amazon. Yep. On your website. Yep. Yep. Amazon, Kindle, they can order prints or do Kindle. One of these days I would like to do audiobooks, but doesn't have yes. <laughs> if you were to do an audiobook, let's say your first book, do you have someone in mind that you would want to be the voice? Like in your head, what's the voice? What would you be looking for? That's the problem is I've, re- I've listened to some books on Audible where I'm like, I think I would like this book if it wasn't this voice. And <laughs> I know it makes a huge it, difference. It can ruin a difference. book. But and it I also can make a book. It can make a book. Because I'd say The Dutch House. Yes. We talk about this one a all lot. All the time. Tom Hanks reads The Dutch House and it's a oh, good really? book, but it's a great Listen. audio book. Like, oh, I'll have to listen to it. Because it's Tom no. Hanks. It just got to write that down. The, the Dutch House. The book. Like, I think if I read that book, I wouldn't like it. Like I would been bored. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like, and not that they, you wrote a book that's amazing, but I think I would have been bored. Um, but listening to the book, it was good. It was and so I mean, cause who, it's yeah. really nice to just, yeah, I felt like I was listening to a friend tell me a story. Yeah. You know, I just remembered a book I really liked. Did you guys ever read Blackmore? Is that what it's called? Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? I think I have actually. Oh, I have not. I was introduced to this I can't remember her name. Shoot. But the first book, what I listened to it on Audible. And that was one where I can think like, oh, I think I would like this book. But that voice is really, really hard for me. And then I listened to the next one, which is called Blackmore. And it was literally one of my favorite books I've ever listened to. I just, I've never been so completely consumed in a book. Yeah, yeah. I I love love when that happens. There's a book when you can... Is it Julianne Donaldson? Yes. yes. I just pulled it. Not that I knew that. I pulled it up. Good. Yeah. Way to go. But I'm putting it on my to read then because that's how this works. Yes. (laughs) We want to, we want more books to read always. That's That's awesome. That's good to know. Yeah. But in your head, what would the voice be? Um, Um, I, that's such a hard, I know. I, well, I want her to be 
kind of humble, but like, I mean, okay. So when I wrote my books, I think a lot of people didn't really like my main character. At first, that was a big complaint I would get in comments and stuff. They'd be like, she's not very likable. And that was because I wanted her to grow through it. And I wanted to see that growth. But it's also a mistake that I learned. Like, you still have to like the main character. If she's too annoying, like, nobody's going to want to root for her <laughs> and her growth. Or with her. Right. And so there's kind of that balance there. So I guess I would look for somebody who is naive enough to kind of feel like I was very naive. I feel, I feel like I, I was just not really knowing what was going on a lot in junior high and high school, but neither did I. So mature enough to be somebody that we respect and can make some good choices and not be a complete dit. So that would be hard. It would be really hard. My husband's like, why don't you just read it? I'm like, Oh, that was going to be my next question. Would you ever yourself? It's, I guess it comes back to one of those things when you hear your voice on a recording and you're like, that's what I sound like. It's hard. So I don't know. I would have to, um, I'd have to test it out a little bit, but. Well, have you looked into it? Is it something that you just listen and find a narrator? Like, how does that, have you even looked uh, into it before? I haven't looked into it too much, so I can't give a really good answer, but I read up on it like a year ago when I was kind of doing all the publishing And basically, I mean, I think, again, if you go through Amazon and Audible and all that stuff, they have authors who you can pay to do it and you can, you can hear their like little tests, you know, I'm sure they say some words and you hear and listen and see, but I don't know. It is really hard, but I really want to do it eventually. So we'll see. You know what else is really interesting? It's like, it does put like a sound to your book. And like, I'll, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. That's my main way of consuming books. And if I, if I, I'll recognize a voice, like I'll start listening to a book and I'll recognize it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what book was, what other book did this person read? Mm -hmm. And I find myself going on Google and being like, what other books? Yeah. Cause like they, it sticks with me. And then I find, I find that then the stories are like connected. Cause I'm like, this person person is telling me the story. Right. It really You'll have to tell me the name of some of your favorites and then I can yeah. I'll start writing them down. Make money. <laughs> yeah. There's one that I'm, that I just started today. Funny enough that I was like, Oh, I, I don't know what the book is about yet. I'm literally like 15 minutes into it, but I'm like, Oh, I'm going to like it because the author, I recognize the author. I know that she's done something else. I haven't looked her up yet, but it's that same feeling of like, Oh, I like this. Like, cause yeah. I like the way she reads. You like the way she reads the reader. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, just a fun little side note. I like it. It's good to know how important that is. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'll yeah. read it on my own. No pressure from <laughs> it or any of it. We want your book to be amazing. Mm-hmm. We want to love all the characters. You don't want anything bad to happen to anyone. Your narrator needs, needs to be to great. Be <laughs> just be perfect all the way. You've done yeah, that. Good. You're, you're shooting what? 10 for 10. We I think you're doing think great. Anybody who sits down and writes a book and then publishes it. You're a rock star. Yeah. I like, think that's amazing. Something I won't do. And so, and I enjoy the product so much. Yes. That I sing your praises. Absolutely. Well, that's nice of you. My sister, who's like the same one, who's a lot older than me. When I was little, she wrote a book that I loved. I thought it was so good. She never published it. And so I grew up from like 12 years old going, if I ever write a book, by golly, I'm publishing it. Why did she not publish that? So I think that's why I'm so driven at an early age to just do it. Has she considered publishing it now? No, like, I don't know what the deal. She's even written some really cute children's books, but she's like, nah, it's just for me and my family, which is fine. And that's, but share it with us. I know. Right. For those of us who can't write for our own families, we appreciate those that do. So we have books to share. Exactly. When you can go through so many, I think sometimes it can be so intimidating because you go to the bookstores, you go to Costco, you look online and there's so many new books coming out all the time. You're like, oh, mine will just get lost in the shuffle. But the truth is, and I had to go through this process. I'm like, people can read a book in a day. They can read a book in a few days. 
they can like, they need more. We all want more material. And so it's okay. Like, I don't need to feel overwhelmed and like, oh, there's too many books. Yeah, there's a lot of books, but we want more books. Right. I 100% agree with that. So if if I read all the books, yeah, if I read all the books, then what? Then I might have to clean my house. (laughs) I don't want to. So I have to live in the real world. That would be right. I might have to talk to people. (laughs) Seriously. I know. I know. So awesome. Well, you guys are so cute. I'm so glad that you're doing this podcast. This is awesome. You guys have fun personalities to do this. Oh, thank you. We sure love it. It's been really fun. I know we, we are about one year in, which never, I never imagined. Good for you. Just this fun little thing and turned into something we love. We can't not do it now. Right. Right. Is it like once a week that you do it? That's cool. Yeah. It's just been like this bonus thing. I don't know. It's an excuse to to hang out with Sarah. Yeah. Right. And like, oh, it's, talk books. it's podcast night and we're gone for like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a lot to talk about and we get to talk about books. So I've got reasons to listen and read and, yep. and meet authors and talk yeah. about writing books. I love it so much. It's love been so it. great. Yeah. Well, good. Good for you guys. That's really cool. Yeah. So, thank you so much for coming on. We just, it was so good talking to you again. It's been a long time for me. And it's good seeing you. You know, some things never change, Natalie. I know. You're still awesome. Well, thank you again. It's been so fun chatting with you. Yeah. Yes. Good okay. luck. Okay. We'll talk to you soon, Natalie. All right. Thanks, you guys. Bye. See ya. Bye. That was so fun. I love interviewing these authors that put so much time and effort into what I love to do so much. Right? Read. Please give Not us write. more books. Read. <laughs> I think yeah. it's amazing. What keep, a talent. Keep it up. So fun. You know, Natalie mentioned this, like, there's not enough books out there. It might seem like there's a lot, but there's not enough. Not enough. Keep it up. Keep it up, authors. So what did you think of today's episode? We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can send us an email at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we love interacting with you. It's our favorite thing. Super fun. Thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And And this this is is your book book club. club. Thank you.